This is the Bitcoin Made Simple Podcast. Here's your host, Corey Tusick. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. On this week's episode, I talked to Scott and Mallory Sibley. Scott and Mallory made the game uh, Shamari, like memory, but, uh, you know, obviously with the Shah uh, 256 reference in there. And um, so they uh, made a show or made a uh, card for kids. Uh, card- wow, I'm, I sound like a moron. They made a card for kids. They made a card game for kids. Um, and uh, it's, you know, helps explain Bitcoin to them. And then they also made a book called uh, Good Night Bitcoin. And, uh, you know, they're really focused on educating the younger uh, generation on Bitcoin. So I thought I'd have them on the show. And, um, you know, we're hoping to maybe do something together with them for Movies Plus, which would be awesome. Um, and so I definitely hope you guys check them out. Uh, I'll put in their links and everything to, to follow them in the show notes. And uh, the show, this episode is brought to you by when I find it. Uh, oh, that was a bad intro for this new ad read. Um, need Bitcoin support? Book a one-on-one video call with a pro on CoinBeast Connect. Ask questions about mining, self-custody, multi-sig, how to run a full node, how to set up the Lightning Network, how to and how to accept Bitcoin payments. Simply go to CoinBeast.com, select a pro, and find a time when you're available. It's that simple. Learning about Bitcoin has never been easier. Um, and it's also brought to you by Movies Plus. You can check out my streaming platform, Movies Plus. Uh, Go to mymoviesplus.com or go to the App Store and search Movies Plus and you'll find it on any of the, uh, you know, streaming devices and phones, tablets, yada, yada, yada. Um, So check it out. You can get a a free 30, this again, I'm screwing up, a three 30-day trial. I did that last time, I think. A free 30-day trial. There we go. Corey put words together. Congratulations. a free 30-day trial and uh you know check it out let me know what you guys think we're adding new content all the time and uh hopefully someday uh scott and mallory will work with me and we'll be able to make a shamari uh cartoon on on uh, movies plus and i think that'd be awesome so that way we can have all of our kids watching cartoons that are about bitcoin uh wouldn't that be great so uh, if you want to follow me, it's at Corey underscore Tusik. The show handle is at Bitcoin Simply. And the email for the show, if you want to email, email with questions. Go ahead, because I might do more of those like rips where I'm just talking because I've had a lot on my mind lately. Um, so uh, if you guys have questions, it could literally be the stupidest question. It could be like a question about like life (laughs) dating advice uh you know groceries whatever i don't know i would just i'll take any question and i'll come up with a really really dumb response to it um and uh probably give you terrible advice but uh yeah so email me questions anything like that suggestions on who you'd like to see on the show and uh yeah we'll go from there but uh, the email is bitcoin made simple podcast at gmail.com thanks um so, but right before we were recording, we were talking about uh, where Mallory is from, Ohio. So, does that mean then that are you a Cleveland Browns fan? All the like non-US listeners are probably so sick of every time I talk about American football because they were like, "Oh bloody hell, get on to it!" You know, get to the- <laughs> <laughs> well, this would be a fast conversation. Then I'm actually not much of a b- football fan, but if I was, then I. I guess I would identify with the Cleveland Browns, but they are, they're a tough team to identify with because they're not very good. Yeah. Cause they're terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. I hear you. I hear you. We were, um, we were charger fans before the, uh, the move to LA and now we hope they lose every game they play. So that's, I still that's can't that. believe they left there. I like that's, I don't actually mentally consider them an LA team, you know, cause the Rams were from LA originally or at yeah. one point. I don't know if they're originally from there, but you know, they like everybody knew them as the LA Rams until the mid early nineties, they moved to St. Louis. So it's like an easy fix. And then all of a sudden the chargers are like, Hey, we'll come too." And I was like, what? Yeah. Like, you know, it's just, uh, it's a shame. I feel bad for the people of San Diego. Yes, Your baseball team is doing good now though. Yes. So we have big Padre fans love taking our, our daughter down there. Yeah, season, 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 season tickets. tickets. So no way. Actually, the uh, the first. Let's see. I guess the third or fourth name she said was Tatis. Oh, nice. She knows uh, her favorite player. We we're actually just there last weekend. They turned the stadium into a, a Christmas 
wonderland type thing oh that's awesome i love that stadium oh it's beautiful yeah yeah have you ever been to pnc park in pittsburgh we haven't oh you guys will have to come out we'll have to exchange like trips and and uh, go to each other's <laughs> baseball stadiums because exactly. yeah pnc park i mean the, the baseball team hasn't been much to speak of for years but it's hands down the most beautiful view in baseball because the city is just right behind it but um I, I love in the san diego the box seats that are like apartments mm-hmm. in the outfield yeah. like right in left field that's yeah, so cool in the Western Meadow building. Yeah. yeah yeah is that are those suites the, the there building what's that Oh, that's a building? Like, that's not part of the stadium? No, it's a historic building. Um, so they weren't able to knock it down. So they, they renovated it um, to code, whatever they had to keep, you know, up there. So, and then it's mostly suites. Uh, the bottom level is the the team store. Um, and then there's a small area where you're kind of like on the field where you can watch behind the fence. Um, and then the top is the um, like bleacher type um, seats, you know, similar to maybe the outside of uh, Wrigley Field type thing. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no. That's the left field. The corner of the building is the left field foul pole. Okay, and so it's part of the stadium. Then it's not like those Wrigley yeah, Field ones where it's across the street. One hundred percent inside the stadium. So when you're inside, you go up, you know, the escalator inside the building or whatever. Uh, but yeah, it's been a. I don't. I have no idea how old the building is, but it's something they they couldn't get rid of and had planned to to build it in there. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So anyways, um, outside of the sports, because I, I could talk about sports all day. I could talk about baseball all day. <laughs> so could I, but we lose Mallory. This will just go on to be a sport podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Mallory will be like, all of a sudden, like, you know what? I got something to do. I got to run. <laughs> so you guys, you have a, a young one, right? Uh, we do. And, and how, how's that going? Because I, uh, I have two of them myself. <laughs> so, oh, congrats. Yeah. We love it. Yeah, she's two years old. Two and a half now. Two and a half. Her name is Charlotte and she just, yeah, I mean, it's fun, but it also just keeps your life so interesting, right? Toddlers oh. in particular, full of energy, full of opinions. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Our, our younger, our, our second is, um, he's two in like two months. He was born okay. October of 2019. Um, and he just, we're, we're moving right now. So we have like bubble wrap everywhere upstairs. And I came up at one point and he was just like dancing on it and like popping all the bubbles. And it's like, oh, the life of a toddler. Uh, He's almost at a rave. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I turned down the lights and you would have been like a little rave for him. (laughs) Let's get the music going. Um, So let's get into your guys' backgrounds because I'm sure you've explained it many times before on different podcasts. But, uh, but, you know, uh, you guys have the Shamari game, and then we'll also get into uh, Goodnight Bitcoin. Yep. Um, so how did you guys make the transition into becoming Bitcoiners? And I'm really curious about Mallory's story because I'm my wife is like, go ahead, do the whole Bitcoin thing. And like, I don't care if we're all in, like, I trust you, but I want her to like, get it with me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, come on. And she's like, I, I can't. I know. I don't want to. <laughs> so how did that happen? Yeah, so my Bitcoin story probably started when we created what now is known to be Shamari. But Scott started learning about Bitcoin and briefly talking to me about it in about 2017, 17. And I would say it would be like over dinner or like at night when we're watching TV, he'd start bringing it up. But maybe similar to your wife, I actually wasn't very interested in it. Um, so I kind of entertain, you know, a little conversation, but it, it wasn't jumping out at me. Uh, we started putting more and more money into it. And then I started paying attention, but even then I wasn't like all in, like I am now, but what caught my attention. And I think what made me do a bit of a pivot was this idea of us being all into something, um, and teaching our daughter about it, but there's nothing on the market to do that. So when Scott said like, hey, if we're all into Bitcoin, we need to start teaching our daughter about it. Um, Our kind of parenting philosophy is that we teach our daughter, you know, adult topics. We believe that she's probably more capable of learning than people give toddlers credit for. Oh, yeah. So in a very, you know, simple form, we started talking to her about Bitcoin and about money and um, about freedom. And I realized there's nothing on the market. So from a little bit of research, uh, that's kind of where it started. Just the idea of teaching families and kids about Bitcoin and us being the two that 
is a little bit like paving the way, I guess. There are some other things out there, but only a little bit. Yeah. And so then, so you wanted to, so that's a good way to get, maybe I should get her into the game. That would get my way. Yeah, to, try that. You know, honestly, um, when we're at these meetups, so once we created the game, right, I'll flash forward. Now we've been going to meetups. We're going to conferences. I'm meeting with people, you know, to do podcasts. We're talking with people online and the excitement and like the level of interest is all there. So maybe if you can grasp her attention a little bit and like teach her the network, one of the things that I love about Bitcoin is how friendly and energized everyone is about it. I think it's hard to find that type of group anywhere else. So between the game and maybe branching her out into other people, maybe that gets her. I don't know. Yeah. Got me at least. Yeah. So now, and then Scott, so your background, you were in finance, right? Yeah, before. So um, I have a degree in accounting. So I did um, that for three or four years after graduating from college in the mid 2000s. Um, and then for the past 13 years, um, I've been in the ed tech side of so education technology uh, side of things at a company here in San Diego. Um, really kind of, I, I view Bitcoin as kind of a combination of both those things, you know, the, mm-hmm. the finance audit. Uh, side of things, we are getting verifiability and trust and understanding the importance of those sides combined with the past 13 years of being in the education space, along with the fact that between both of us, honestly, we have between our parents, cousins, aunts, uncles, we have a bunch of teachers in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, so just growing around kind of that education environment um, from a young age kind of played into it as well. So that's kind of where it all culminated in, in what is now Shamrani and kind of my Bitcoin journey for me. Yeah. Yeah. Then no, uh, I've got a couple of teachers in my family. I always give them a hard time and say like, Oh man, like it's such a tough job because they have a three month paid vacation. Yes. <laughs> I mean, like holidays, you know, <laughs> off random little weekdays off for no reason. The day's over at two 45. Like, Whoa, I don't know <laughs> how you guys do it. Like, it's like, Oh man, that's, that's brutal. I always, I, I say it with a hint of truth and, yes. uh, but uh, it drives, it drives my sister and brother nuts, whatever I <laughs> go on and on about it. Um, so, okay. So you get into the, hold on, where was, how did I want to, what was the next thing I wanted to pick on? It was, so you get, you go from finance, you start going into education. That's a little bit of a switch. Like you said, Bitcoin is kind of the combination of both, but that's that's a pretty significant switch. Yeah. And I guess part of it was um, even when I was in college going through kind of the accounting program, um, getting my CPI, I knew it wasn't something I wanted to do forever, but I didn't know exactly where I wanted to go. But other than just getting a you know straight business degree, I recognized the fact that, especially at the time, so in mid 2000s, that's when it was, you know, Enron and a lot of accounting uh, related mm-hmm. scandals. So the job market in the field um, was pretty good. I mean, I had a job before even graduating is how the accounting firms were, were working it. Um, so I was like, okay, you know, you can kind of set your stuff above the rest of just the business class of people have income when you're leaving college, um, be able to kind of get, get the benefits of everything else. And so that's really what my purpose for going into accounting was. And then quickly realizing that my senses were correct. Like it wasn't what I wanted to do forever. Um, and knowing that, you know, I have a, a creative side to me um, that I want to be able to do, which is able to do through the, um, uh, the education technology side in my roles there. And then now through the genre, obviously is um, even more creative and fun being able to control it myself. Um, but that's really how it kind of took shape. Mm-hmm. And so when you had said, when we talked, because uh, people don't know, but we had a business call before this, um, not today, but, you know, like a month ago. Um, and you said you were just about to step out and go full time into Shamari and everything. Is that what you did? Yeah. So on uh, the beginning of January um, will be my last day at my my full time job. So come 2022, um, we'll be fo- I'll be able to focus on Shamari full time. Um, and be able to, you know, see where it can all grow, whether it's, you know, discussions like you're alluding to with yourself or other people or just growing the brand in other ways, you know, the past year and a half, um, has let us know that there's, there's something there, what it is. We, we still don't know exactly what that that'll turn into, but we want to be able to have the freedom to pursue what that turns out to be, you know, at least over the next 12 months and, and take it from there, um, come the following year. Yeah. Yeah. So have you had that moment yet though now where like you guys are stepping out into 
and like, for example, just, I was talking to, so I, we just bought our new house the other day. Um, I was meeting one of the neighbors and I was, it was just like, I had just had like two business calls and like my head was like in the clouds and we're like, we overextended because we're paying two mortgages at the time. You know what I mean? Like, we're just like, like where you start feel like you're suffocating. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so I was saying there, I think, and I was like talking to him and he's like, oh, I want to, you know, get to be like an entrepreneur. And I was like, yeah, we should talk about that as we become neighbors, you know? And, uh, and I said, I was like, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I just think back to the old days of a regular paycheck and I'm like, man, oh man, those were great. Um, so have you started to like have the like shortness of breath yet? Either of you, where you're just like, <laughs> <laughs> is that what you feel like every day? I mean, we are, you have a toddler. I think yeah. that we constantly feel like that. You fall, I feel like you're drowning. Chasing her around the house. I'm I'm always feeling a bit short of breath. <laughs> no, but not that that sense of scary. More sense of excitement. Obviously, we don't know exactly what's going to happen, but we have a plan in place to be able to to live our life. Um, you know, over the next 12 months and be able to not have to worry um, about, you know, putting food on the table and that sort of thing. So that's the benefit of, you know, goes back to the age old story, you know, for four years, being able to be in the Bitcoin space, seeing that start to play out um, as being able to allow us to do this sort of thing. So without that dedication for four years, you know, we, I wouldn't be able to leave my job who, you know, that's just the reality of it. Yeah. Yeah, so semi-retired via Bitcoin. <laughs> yes, exactly. Putting the passion to work. Yeah. Now, Mallory, what's it like, you know, sitting there and going, because the women are, I'm not trying to like generalize genders, but women are more practical. And I always find that because like, I'll come in with all these dreams and ideas. And I always joke and say that my wife is like Scarface with like a machine gun and just shoots holes <laughs> through my ideas. Like, <laughs> you know just strafing like bullet holes all through my ideas and i'm like well never mind that was a terrible idea i don't know why i thought of that <laughs> so um i went through that whenever i told her like hey you know i want to leave normie world and um i got this was seven years ago and uh and start something and and then she was like i told her the idea she was like, yeah yeah let's do it and i'm like what what so like so how how was it for you were you the one pushing scott or did you have to kind of like shoot holes through the ideas and then he patched it up and said here's how we'll do this this <laughs> i like the question you know it seemed like a pretty natural conversation i think before we probably even had the conversation we were both thinking it in our mind only because when we started this when we started shamari the card game neither one of us had any idea what would come of it, right? We knew it was a product. We thought it was good. You know, the few people we talked to in the Bitcoin space thought, thought that it was valid and that there was a future for it. But when you put it out to market, you really kind of like cross your fingers and hope what happens. Um, but, you know, the sales started trickling in and the feedback started coming in. And then we went to the Bitcoin conference out in Miami. And that's where we started meeting with, the both of us started meeting with like, much larger companies, mining companies, as well as like the everyday aunts, uncles buying it for people. And we went back to the hotel and we were talking about it and talking about the potential. And, you know, I think when we left that conference, although we hadn't sat down to talk about Scott quitting his job, we both thought, I, at least I'm going to speak and say that at that point, I was kind of in my mind thinking, well, one of us should run full time with this and see what happens. If you don't ever try, how will you know? But we mm -hmm. got the feedback then that it was going to happen. And I would say probably about quickly after that, I don't know who proposed the idea first, but when we started talking about it, we were both on the same page about that. Yeah. yeah. But Miami, the conference in Miami was a big tipping point for us mm -hmm. and a lot of avenues, just being able to, um, you know, be in front of people, like Mallory said, hear their feedback, where there was people coming over and saying, oh, I already have your game. There's no book at the, the book was not out yet. You know, I already have the game. I love playing with my kids or with my friends or whatever, or new people coming over and, and learning about it. Um, just it let us really have that confidence to say, okay, there's there's legs here. There's um, something going. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something different and unique um that that really isn't out there mm -hmm. um outside of a few other things that are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, you know, honestly, just putting my entrepreneur hat on, that's what is missing with a lot of people. They think, oh, just make something 
and it'll be similar to something else, you know, and why wouldn't people pay for it, you know? And it's like, no, you got to have that differentiator. You got to, you got to be something unique. So that's, that's awesome that you guys capitalized on that. Um, so explain to people that haven't seen it before, how the game works. Yeah. Sure. I'm going to take it. Sure, go for it. So, um, so it's a, literally a card game. Um, one of the easy analogies is if you've played the game of memory, um, then you can play Shamari. So you don't you don't need to know anything about Bitcoin going into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, uh, for those that don't know anything about Bitcoin mining, full disclosure, we've never mined Bitcoin ourselves, not, not our expertise. But as we started diving down the rabbit hole, um, one thing that that popped into the head was you know boiling things down as simple as possible. The process of mining is comprised of two key components. Um, there's a uh, target that is set, and then there's a bunch of computers or ASICs that are trying to find the correct nonce to be able to hash and create and match that target. So once we got that concept in place, we said, oh, you know, it's just like flipping over cards, playing memory, you know, you're, you're competing to be able to find those matches um, down the line. So essentially the game set up where you lay down um, 11 nonce cards, all of them have fun little Bitcoin characters on them. So they're easy to, to recognize kids like them, adults like them. And then you flip over one top target card and you're going to take turns rolling a dice and assuming it's your turn to play, flip over one of those nonces and you're trying to match that target. Um, but you want to remember where that one card uh, was, even if you didn't match so that next time around, when that first target gets flipped over, you can find that match. So instead of a computer using their um, electrical energy, to be able to mine the blockchain, you're using your mental energy to remember where those nonces are. Um, and then ultimately create those match. You're going to mine a block. So there's cards that are called blocks. You're trying to get from the Genesis block all the way to the block out of 10. Um, assuming that happens, um, every time you mine a block, you get a reward. The player at the end of the game with the most rewards wins. But it's also collaborative in the sense that the, car, the, uh, the chain can get attacked. And so one thing that we hear over and over again is how, especially parents with their kids, they say, okay, you know, the first time I sat down with my kids, they thought it was really hundred percent individual, but then they started to realize, no, we're actually all working together to protect the blockchain because if the chain gets attacked, the game's over for everybody. So it doesn't matter if I had all the rewards and my sister had zero uh, because, you know, at the end of the day, we, we didn't, we weren't successful, something happened. And so it's those little um, life lessons like I know it came up on our conversation last time around the different things that Bitcoin teaches that come about through the game as well. And how, so how does the chain get attacked? So in our case, there's a dice that's rolled um, by each player. And so five of the sides let you mine or select one of those nonces. And one of the sides is a attack character. So you have to place a card next to your blockchain. So if those block card, excuse me, attack cards ever get longer than the blockchain um, game over. Hmm. That's pretty. That's a pretty unique idea, and a great way that I honestly probably a lot of us grown-ups could learn. Like, oh, okay, this is how this works. Because mining, even I'm trying to dip my toes into it, and it's just like, whoa, like holy cow! <laughs> like of, understanding it, you know. Some of the biggest compliments we've ever gotten, besides hearing from parents and things that of that nature, is um, the very first Bitcoin meetup we were at um, out here in um, Southern California. Um, somebody from, I'll, I'll leave them nameless to, for anonymity from one of the public mining companies was there. Um, and he came over and he was watching us do a demo. There's two little girls um, playing at the table. And he said, wait a minute, is this, is this teaching about Bitcoin mining? And they're like, oh yeah, you know, this is how it's played. He's like, oh my God, like this is the most simple and um, elegant way I've ever seen the mining process explained. Um, I, I've never seen it as simple and like um, fun and intuitive. Um, I like that. And so we heard similar things in Miami mm-hmm. from other mining people were, um, just hearing people in the space react to it. Um, they're the experts. That's not us. Let us know that, okay, you know, that simple nature in the fun way really, you know, is important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, so that then spawned, is that what spawned the book? Yes and no. Yeah. Yes and no. The game is really kind of, uh, so we launched the game in June of 2020. So about a year and a half ago. Um, and then I'd say about halfway through, uh, once we realized, okay, there, you know, people are reacting positively to this. Um, you know, what else can we build around the space? The game is great for kind of ages four through adults, um, having a two-year-old ourselves, we wanted to be able to close the gap for that, mm-hmm. that toddler infant audience. 
Um, so that's part of the idea. I think we had read one too many good night, moon, good night, baseball, good night, soccer, as I'm sure, you know, <laughs> books, mm-hmm. there was like, okay, you know, let's make a fun, you know, book. So that's where, uh, good night Bitcoin, uh, was really spurned something to that our daughter could have, you know, immediately. Yeah. I have to, do you guys get to the point where you have to make up stuff? I don't know <laughs> if there, she'd be old enough for that yet. We're like, it, cause my, my oldest will say like, it's like, can you make it the funny version? And I'm like, I don't know. What you want me <laughs> and he's like, so this is like totally boy through and through. I'll just be like, can you make it a poop version? And I'm like, <laughs> so like, he just literally wants me to like, I swap out certain words on each page and make it poop instead of the word. <laughs> and he just dies. And it's actually, sometimes it just works out like, you know, I'm just like reading along and most of the time it doesn't really make sense. And then there's one time or two times or it'll just like, it sounds hilarious. And like, we both start cracking up. So I, I <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you read the Next same book. Good night, Bitcoin version yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. But like, you end up, you know, reading the same books over yeah. and over and over again. And so this gives you a refreshing Plus, if you're the one that created it too, you're like, hey, you know, I like, uh, I like, uh, we, uh, we purposely put a little, some little, um, Easter eggs in the book for her. Um, so there's, uh, two of our favorite stuffed animals are sitting on a bed, um, and a baseball on the floor in one of the rooms, going back to the, the Padres Tatis comments. Um, there's a coffee on a table um, that she's always talking about Mallory drinking coffee and it being hot. Uh, there's a slide. Uh, there's some of the some of the monsters are going down a slide. So we purposely weaved in some elements of um, her interest um, from when she was, I guess at the time she was uh, not even two yet when we started creating it uh, from her life set, you know, just make it personal to her as she grows up. Mm-hmm. But it and does so, a good job telling the story yeah, yeah. of, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I want to hear you. <laughs> oh, I was going to say the nice thing about it is because kids want to read the same thing over and over and over again. Um, it does. It does a nice job telling the story of two little friendly monsters named Hal and Satoshi who go on to create a larger form of money than it call. Uh, we then call it Bitcoin. Um, and they work with their friends all across the globe to keep the network running. So it's a cute story that gives real facts. Um and mm-hmm. that's always nice as parents <laughs> to read something factual and enjoy and enjoyable. And then if you want to, you can take it a step further um, and you could, you know, orange pill your friends and family with it. But my mom was babysitting the other night doing that whole nighttime routine where you pick out like three books that then end to like five books. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was reading it and we've tried to talk to my mom about Bitcoin. She doesn't have much of an interest, but she read it, you know, my daughter went to sleep and then we came home that night and then she started questioning us about the book. And it was the first time ever that my mom had started the conversation as opposed to us starting the conversation. Yep. So I was like, well, there we go. It's, it's working two different ways. Yep. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, what those, it's funny how the, you said the three books turn into five, like <laughs> any parent knows that. Did you ever notice that they say like, well, they'll say it's a book of five minute stories. Those stories are not five minutes long. <laughs> Those are like 12 minutes long. Like they take forever. Yeah. There are definitely some long, some, some long ones in that pile over there. Yes. But she has no shortage of books. Her current yeah. obsession is Abby from Sesame Street. Any book with Abby in it is. Abby Kadabby. Yep. Yeah. Loves her because she flies. And how about, uh, have you guys watched the show Bluey? No. No. Uh, it's on uh, Disney Plus, and my kids just started watching it. And even like the six year old likes it, but it's really good for parents because it it like takes like a pretty like honest approach. It's not like Daniel Tiger, where like I always sit there and I'm like, I want to see the day that like Dad Tiger like snaps. You know? And it's like, you know what, Daniel? Like I make these clocks all day long. I don't work. I sit there. Nobody buys these clocks because we live in this town. It's a fairy land, and there's nobody buying anything. Um, <laughs> You know, Baker Acre only wants so many watches to get me bread. So I got to go find another way to make money. Um, and uh, but it's like, it's pretty funny. You'll get, you guys should check it out. Cause there's like, uh, it was like one of those things I just caught a glimpse of it. And like the one kid had to like, their dogs and the one had to like go to the bathroom really bad in the only place like their food was getting eaten by pigeons on a table outside the other one was playing with like a water faucet that was like making water go everywhere and the other one's like dad i gotta go i gotta go and like 
So he's like sitting there and he's like, uh, here, go in this bush. And he's like holding the dog to like pee in the bush. And like right whenever it's about, he's like, okay, go ahead, pee now. And she just goes, daddy, why is everything made of atoms? And like, you know, it's just like, I get like, you know, as parents or just have those things. Like I thought I had my son asleep the other night. I was like, okay, it's safe to walk out. And he just goes, daddy, what's after 199? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, not ready for bed yet. So, um, so yeah, the parenting. I feel like we need to have like a parents' corner for the Bitcoin conference. Yep. Yes, yes, and like where we can bring the kids and like you know we can all sit there because until you're a parent, you just you don't get it. <laughs> I thought I understood, but no. Yeah, no, it's definitely a different world that um, two plus years ago we didn't know about either. Yeah, no, it's fun. Currently, yeah. oh, Charlotte, yeah, I love it. We're very, she's like very excited for Christmas as I'm sure a lot of, you know, or different holidays, whatever it is that you, that you celebrate. Um, and Santa is coming, but every time we go to ask her like, Oh, what do you, what does Santa want to bring you? She changes the list. So it's kind of like, you're making Anna's a, having a tough time. I know. I'm like, uh, well, I hope that Santa can keep up with this ever changing list. You know, <laughs> I know. Um, you know, my son said, he's like, you're lucky that I ask Santa for the expensive stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. You are right. I told my parents the same thing. Uh, you know, like I asked Santa for a PlayStation and, you know, I didn't ask mom and dad for that. I wouldn't <laughs> burden them with that. You know, <laughs> you know, they can get me the clothes and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, so, uh, so whenever you guys get into making these characters, what inspired the, you know, you talk about the background, what inspired the little characters in the book? Well, this is where I shot down Scott's dreams. I'll say the first couple versions <laughs> of the show. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it happen. Exactly. So the first couple versions of the card game were a little bit more data-based, I would say. Intricate. Yeah. Number-focused, intricate. And instead of the characters matching, there was um, certain, like sequences almost. Yeah, there's actual, if you're viewing, if you're thinking about the components of a block or of a non. So there's, you know, there was a, there's an, you know, a hash or there was a timestamp or you're like trying to actually make it feel like a block. Mm -hmm. but, so go on. So we started playing with that really hard to remember, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, several numbers. Yeah. Exactly. So that is where I was like, no, we, you know, this cannot, we cannot move forward with a card game that, that is this complicated and actually not very good. So there were a lot of iterations of Shiranru before it came down. And some of them we equally shot down, some of them I shot down. But um, once we realized that in order to really like be engaged and remember the um the nonce and the target, they would need to be like bright, colorful things that both kids and adult would find interesting. And of course, we wanted to to um wiggle in different Bitcoin components. So that's when we started working with an artist who we've been thrilled with, um, who has done the cards and actually the book now. Um, but one of the other reasons that we love it is that you know, um, the, the monsters are good across languages because they're, they're not words. Right. Um, and they're all different colors and, you know, anybody can identify with them living anywhere in the world, which is like another great Bitcoin thing. So. Yep. No, exactly. That's kind of, that was perfect summary. And just the, you know, people seem to like them. Well, actually really seem to love them whether yeah. it's the kids or adults, you know, they're not too childish, not too adultish. Mm -hmm. Um, like Mallory said, they're super bright and fun. Um, and so, Glad we uh, kind of went down that path with them. Well, I guess we got to get plush dolls. We've talked we about looked it. into that. Yeah, yeah. I'm we sure it's expensive to while. get them to get them going. Yeah, we got dolls. We have somebody. Actually, there's somebody who we've met um, through the meetup space um, who does. Uh, he's part of the 3D printing space as well. Um, so he's doing some test runs of uh, 3D printed versions of some oh, of the monsters. Nice. Um, so we'll see where where that goes. But yeah, there's. They can be uh, used in a lot of different ways. At least that's our, that's our hope. Yeah, there should, so we should make somebody should make an animated show. I know. Uh, I wonder who. I, I gotta. If we only gotta, knew something, we ran a streaming platform. I know one that's specifically big. Like what? So we're running on a Bitcoin standard. We actually, I'm really actively trying to seek funding for our next round from. Bitcoiners. I wanted, I want this to be like a Bitcoiner platform, you know, where it's like, 
good. I had a hard time. It was morally like tough for me to actually ask somebody to give me their Bitcoin other than for like an investment, mm-hmm. you know, like other than to just like hold it. Like, cause I just, I'm like, no, it's so valuable. Why would anyone part with it? Um, but uh, I think that that might be necessary. And um, so I've, there's a couple um, VCs that I was like DMing about it. And I said like, hey, any any Bitcoin people you know that are like all into, I was like, I, I think this needs to be a Bitcoin only platform. So if you're listening, uh, contact <laughs> us. But um, yeah, I, I just want it to be more Bitcoin oriented. And I think there's, you know, an angle there where if you have something fun like this for the kids to learn from, um, you know, you don't have to beat them over the head with it. But like, yeah. even with that show, Bluey, I was saying it's funny for the parents and the grandparents. Like exactly. my parents even said, they're like, oh, did you see the grandparent episode? It was so funny because it's exactly what me and your mother go through, you know? <laughs> and it's like, so I think we could do that as adults where like you could have, you know, adult themes on top of, you know, the, the funny things of that the kids laugh at. Um, yeah, so, exactly. So I'm curious about what the back what's the business end like of creating a game, you know, like where did you, you know, like, so you have the idea and everything and then where do you go to make a game, like a board game? Like where, how do you get a card game? How do you get that together? Google. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of Google. Yeah. We don't have any background experience experience in this. Manufacturing a physical product. So it probably took, I would say uh, there's probably about altogether a year pre genre like pre um uh, getting it all ready that we went through whether it's the designing side of things the manufacturing side of things um, just kind of learning about how it happens and so yeah it, um, ultimately and then there was the pandemic which kind of put a damper on a lot of manufacturing as well um and so yeah it's been a oh i think you froze for no reason really um so i think you i think you froze there for a second right when you were saying the pandemic oh sorry got it we was all in the middle of the pandemic so a lot of manufacturing issues along the way and we currently have a a large shipment of books that's been stuck in customs for four months so we've we've learned on the fly um, along the way but yeah it was was a lot of google talking to manufacturers getting Mm -hmm. price quotes samples uh, samples learning a lot about cardstock yep more than anybody, probably, unless you work in the paper industry. Unless you're a dunder Mifflin. More about cardstock than anybody wants to know about it. So. And the game, the book was a little easier. One, because we had gone through the process before. Yeah. And then two, it was just a single item. But the game is a little tricky manufacturing because um, it's both cards and dice. Um, and the dice is also custom. So it's not like a standard, you know, dot dice or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of the card manufacturers don't do dice, custom dices. Um, and then we really didn't want to have a, a large packaging. So if you look at a lot of standard card dice packaging, it could be rather bulky and uh, obviously higher shipping costs. So we actually have one manufacturer for the dice who then sends the dice to the card manufacturer. And then we have a custom size box because we, the way we do it is the dice sits on top of the cards inside the box. Um, so it's not a, a bigger contraption for them to send to us and then us to obviously send out everywhere since, like we said, there's Bitcoiners around the world. So um, it, it can be pricey shipping when we're sending things off to Africa or, or Kenya or mm-hmm. um, you name it, India, it's been everywhere. So we were trying to keep the components as small as possible uh, to make it happen as well. So you got the a crash course then in like the supply chain and yes. and all that stuff that you never thought you were going <laughs> to, which yeah. is basically what every entrepreneur probably goes through and yeah. one shape or another yeah. and luckily yeah like over the summer is when um, we we're like okay we it was honestly before we even started selling the books the first shipment of books we were like we need to put another order in because at the rate things are going if we need more they're not going to get here until who knows when in 2022 um, and that's the one that's been stuck for i think it landed in long beach in like october and we placed the order in july for those people who, you know, are maybe not familiar with this area from Long Beach to San Diego, it would probably take us no longer than an hour and a half to drive there. And they've been sitting there for four if there's months. No travel. <laughs> Aren't yeah. you guys just get in like, you know, your swim trunks and just get out there. <laughs> just out there at this point, yeah. Go get it. And, I mean, so what, and what is the, 
issue exactly i mean there's so there's tons of talk obviously in the bitcoin space about supply chain you know everything breaking down what is the the issue i think it's probably a lot of different things in the case of this shipment it was two things one the boats are all lined up so it takes longer for them to get um, onto land and then it takes longer for them to unload everything so that whole process just takes longer and then we don't know the full story yet but this the box the, the carton that our books are in are with some other things that whoever's getting them needed some sort of um uh processing by the environmental control it got flagged by it got flagged control. somehow and so then it got sent off into secondary processing and then sat there for two months mm-hmm. so who knows it's just a mess hmm. and uh it, do they just not have enough dock workers i mean why are boats so backed up like that just doesn't make sense to me who knows? I, I mean, I've like you've read different things, listened to podcasts. It seems like just a you know combination of cluster between the boats not having a place to pull in, and then not enough dock workers, and then not enough trucks to come in and pick up the stuff, and then not being able to send the cartons back in time to to reship on the other end of things. So I think it's just a, whenever you turn, whenever you stop one train in the middle of everything, the yeah. rest of the car is just going to smash into it. Exactly, that's crazy. And the, it's interesting with the environmental side. I have a quick anecdote about that. So one time we were going up to Toronto for the film festival. And that's one of the places, one of the only things that I could travel to for business where I could drive. And so we would drive across the border. And the one time I, we always got hotels. I always made sure like I paid a little extra. So it was nice and comfortable for my wife and kid and, you know, and uh, anyone else coming from the company. And the one time I said, let's do Airbnb. Come on. It's going to be good. Airbnb was so bad. It was horrific. Um, oh, no. And so I felt so bad. And I was picking up like some groceries at the at the market there. And I bought this potted flower. And I thought, this will make it look home, you know, make it feel <laughs> homey. So I did that. Oh, what a sweet thing, you know. Um, and then when we were driving home, we got stopped at the border because we had a, you know, piece of like agriculture (laughs) and literally we were stuck at the border for like three hours like i had done this drive so many times where like we usually we always get there and like just show the passport like hey see you later it's almost like a toll booth at like the canadian at the buffalo interchange of the canadian u.s border it's like so many people drive it it's quick and they just spotted that plan they're like what is that we have to get our agriculture people on it i was oh my god we didn't even get to keep the plan no they took it they took it after three hours. They had to check our car. They had to everything. I mean, it was a mess. I was like, what are the flies over there going to do something over here? I mean, yeah. now, you know, with the pandemic, I'm like, oh, maybe they had COVID or something. And they were just <laughs> bringing that across the border. Who knows? Um, so what do you guys have planned for the future with, do you have other iterations of the game? Do you have other things for these characters as far as new books? You know, anything you have on the horizon that you can announce or yeah, I think one, just continuing to push the the game and the book out there, obviously. Um, we've done the past year and a half, literally never paid anything for marketing or anything like no that. No marketing so, budget. No, it's just been us in, my, in our condo here, packing boxes at the kitchen table. <laughs> <laughs> Entrepreneur's yeah. life, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Connecting with people. Uh, you know, the, the first reason I heard about you was because I was listening to Daniel Prince's podcast when you were on there. Um, Daniel was the first podcast we were ever on um, a year and a half ago. We've been on twice now. Um, so just kind of word of mouth, that whole thing. So but yeah, getting the, the book and the game out there more and more as much as possible. Um, and then, uh, like we alluded to, expanding things, whether it's movies or, video or shows, um, uh, working together with somebody like yourself. Um, there's a, uh, one of the Bitcoin gaming companies is potentially interested in uh, doing some gaming work around the characters. Um, so that's exciting for us. And then um, lastly, not, not least, is a lot of the work, especially since Miami, that's bubbling up is around um, education aspects um, that are surrounding our game and our book, um, both here in the States uh, with people like um, Isaiah Jackson or International um, in El Salvador, Guatemala, Peru, um, Africa, South Africa, um, uh, Slovakia. So there's some people across the world that are kind of building up curriculum based around um, the game itself um, wow. that we're excited about. And so uh, we have our fingers crossed on a couple big things, hopefully um, in the January, February timeframe, um, one year in the States and one down in El Salvador. 
um, to be able to start integrating more deeply in, in those sorts of communities. Wow. So how does that feel to have something that you created getting like a curriculum built around it? Yeah, it's been pretty incredible. It's kind of hard to put it into words. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the idea of like families playing a game that was educational and even slightly introduced them to Bitcoin made me feel like, whoa. But when you're talking about, you know, places like Guatemala or, you know, anywhere around the world, like kids sitting in classrooms and being taught curriculum that will hopefully positively impact their future and how they have financial literacy and what their, you know, what types of freedoms they might have to them. Like that's pretty wild. Yeah, no, it's pretty crazy. And sometimes hearing um, the plans that these people hopefully have Mm -hmm. for this sort of thing, particularly down in something like El Salvador and um, being able to, to support what's going on there. And, you know, we're, we're just along for the ride and being able to um, support however we can. Do you have anything going in Paraguay? Because I just saw all that news with them. Uh, there, no, I haven't spoken to we haven't spoken to anybody in Paraguay mm-hmm. just yet. But if there's anybody out there listening, uh, we are happy to to connect. Yeah, yeah. It's just there's just so much uh, space for growth here, yeah. and I think you guys are so smart for getting on this. Now, do you share like have, have you hit any like threshold in sales that you're like, Hey, we, this is our number we brag about, or I don't want to, you don't have to give numbers if you don't want to, I'm just curious. Like, oh, we're, we're pretty open. I mean, honestly, just getting one sale was fun. The first time it came. Oh yeah. <laughs> we have a, uh, a selfie picture of me and Mallory and, and Charlotte holding up kind of the, the notification on our phone of that yeah. first sale. <laughs> the very first one. Uh, it was somebody in Canada. Um, and actually our, my sister-in-law, Mallory's sister was upset that she wasn't the first one. She didn't get to the website <laughs> in time to be able to, <laughs> um, so that just having one was fun, but, yeah. um, on the games we sold, uh, I think around 2000 over the past year and a half, wow. um, games. And then, uh, on the books, like it's only been a few months. So a few hundred books over that time. And then, you know, some of the bigger stuff planned in 2022 will hopefully, um, you know, make that feel even small, even though that, that feels big to us. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, you know, even with the podcast, not that I'm like, Oh, I'm the super successful podcast, but like, I couldn't believe that there was like 50 people listening. I was like, <laughs> what? Like I, that blows my mind. Like, I can't believe that, you know, like what, what would anybody want? I mean, they're not listening to hear me. They're listening to hear you guys and the people that I interview, you know, but I'm like, like what? That's just so bizarre that somebody actually listened, you know. And like, yeah. you were the one listener. No way! Like, you were that <laughs> one person. Um, so do you have like a special like notification that makes like a ching like or like a <laughs> cash register noise whenever a sale's made? We should. My phone's on, know, on vibrate most of the time, so it's pretty. Silent. I think we both have silent yeah. phones. Yeah. It, uh, so it's just kind of a nice surprise when you look down and you see, Oh, it's the, it's the WooCommerce notification. <laughs> but we send out all of the packages every night. So I yeah. guess the, as the, uh, as the orders come in and their printing labels get shipped, they then move to our kitchen table. So that this is the business setup that we have going on. And then at the end of the night, um, I box up all of the packages and write a hand little thank you. And if my daughter's wandering around the house, she's really into stickers and she seems to think the shipping label is a sticker. So sometimes mm-hmm. we'll, um, we'll let her peel it off and then stick it on the envelope. So, and then it sits at the kitchen table until the morning when you can take it to the post office. Yep. So if the sticker's ever crooked, um, it's probably one that Charlotte put on there. So <laughs> sorry about that for anybody who's received it. That adds some character to it, you know? Exactly. Exactly. No, but she, she has fun with it and dropping off. We, th- she, we say, you know, we're taking the monsters to their new homes. And then she usually gets to go to the park afterwards. And if we don't get to go to the park afterwards, it can be an issue. <laughs> oh yeah. And uh, you live in San Diego, so you can go to the park on Christmas day. We can. It's sunny all the time here. Yeah. Almost all the time. Although it, it, rain, rained. it rained last night. It rained last night, which is always just bizarre when it rains here people almost don't know what to do with themselves oh yeah it's a, i anytime i'm in la I won't, there's only been a couple times i was in la that it actually rained 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 you know it might like real quick but it's really interesting for two reasons one whenever it's done raining because there's so much smog in la i don't know if you guys ever saw that when it's done raining you can actually see you're yeah. like whoa downtown's right there like i didn't know <laughs> that because 
there it was just all haze before um and then the other thing was the people would like are just driving like it's a snowstorm like <laughs> oh yeah it's terrible one of my favorite stories when i moved here and i just moved here from ohio so lots of weather variation and seasons and i was in my first semester of college and the class was canceled because it rained and i was like <laughs> oh this is crazy. Like a college class is canceled because it rains, you know, I mean, for in Ohio, it might rain for months, basically. It feels like it. I could not believe it. So and I love so that. So is that how you guys met in college or? No, we met on eHarmony. No way. Yeah. And that's in that, you know, I mean, me and my wife, we didn't meet that way, but it was like, we were both maybe on the verge of trying it like right before we met each other, but it was like taboo back then, you know? It was like, what? Like It was in the beginning. Yeah, we met in the beginning of the eHarmony, like online. It's been around for a little bit. It was 2013. Yeah. So a few years, but it definitely wasn't what it is now. Yeah. No, nowadays it's like everybody, like that's how they, that's how they meet people. It's like, oh, a dating app. Whereas like, (laughs) I have this, (laughs) this is the funniest. Maybe I'll, should I share this? I'll share it. It's embarrassing. Um, So there was, I had this, I had just broken up with this girl in college. Um, well, she broke up with me um, so that way. And so I was really bummed and I was out of the bars with my friends, went back to my room and I was like, you know what? I'm going to sign up for a free trial of eHarmony. Like it was like on ESPN, the commercial was on there. Like, There's a free trial. And I was like, I'm going to do it. I spent like 45 minutes sitting there drinking beer and filling out my profile. And then it said like generate report. And I just put it out there. And I just watched it spinning and it said, this may take a few minutes, you know, and everything. So I just sat there and let it like search and search. And it came back with zero results. It said, you have no <laughs> matches. And I was like, oh, oh, should have probably gone to bed, probably go to bed yeah. instead of getting kicked um, in. The you were a little too early yeah. then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, we both had matches, but we, had, we were on the earlier side. On the earlier side. And the Harmony ones, at least then, I'm sure now, because they do their whatever algorithms, like yeah. the setup for that one. Actually, it's it takes, a long time. It takes time because you have to go through questions and all that stuff, as as you know. Whereas now, I think when you've signed up for the dating apps, it's probably just give me your email and let you in. Yeah, swipe one way, which yeah. I think is just a shame that that's what it is. It's all swipe this way, swipe that way. That's you know, because first of all, no, none of them ever put their real picture, you know. Um, and you know, if if it's all image based, I mean, you're really kind of losing the you're losing the plot on uh, what marriage is supposed to be about, you know? Um, yeah. Fun fact. Not that we're here to give marriage advice, but, you know. Fun fact, Mallory signed up for a year subscription and then went on a single date, and that was with me. So Yeah. Oh, nice. Nice. Only one for her. Well, they get you, you know, when you, you might remember when you sign up, it's like, I, I'm throwing out these numbers that are not correct, but like $9 for a month, but then it's like, oh, like $20 for six months or like 25 for a year. You know, these are very made yeah. up numbers, but it almost like, it makes you feel like, oh, I should sign up for a year. Like that yeah. makes more sense, you know, financially. It's and I'm sure I'll go on out. lots of dates. <laughs> and then I mean, I went, went on a date like a week and a half after I signed up with you. And that was my first and last eHarmony date. Nice eHarmony got a lot of money out of that, I guess. Yeah, they, yeah, you, you really, I hope he made it up to you and the, you know, (laughs) added that value to like the ring whenever he proposed. And (laughs) well, then she gave her account, she tried to give her account to her roommate at the time. I did. But you can't change your name or anything. So she would have to go on dates and say, my name isn't Mallory, it's XYZ. (laughs) And that didn't seem it never went well for her. Oh, that's so funny. And, you know, I mean, you guys seem like you just, you know, have like if we lived in san diego i think me and my wife we could hang out with you guys and our, let our kids play. oh like, for sure i think we know. would just drink beers and hang out yes <laughs> yeah yeah and it's like you know you just i can't i don't know i think people are just losing i hate to go down this like the whole swipe thing but it's like you know like you like my wife's my best friend you know like that's the way it's supposed to be you yeah. know like if it's all image based you know like guess what whenever you're in your 70s and 80s you're gonna look like a prune like <laughs> <laughs> we're all gonna look like a prune you know um so it's just uh yeah you gotta it's like a, as bill burr said um because there's plastic surgery that you could do but uh, i don't know if you ever saw his stand-up where he said he was like would you ever would you rather look be 50 and look 50 or be 50 and look like a 28 year old lizard you know, like, <laughs> that's what they look like um 
so yeah, no, it's just good to see, you know, family, family businesses and stuff like that. And, uh, and that's awesome to hear that your daughter is basically running the company at this point. Exactly. Yeah. She runs the shipping department. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. So where do you store them in the house then? Do you have them like all <laughs> stored all wherever? Uh, I'm in the corner over here. There's some under the bed. There's a new box behind us that we ran out. Yes. Um, that's just sitting on the floor currently. There's some in relatives house uh, mm-hmm. storage areas. Um, there's some in my old office at my current job. Um, so there's <laughs> like conflict of interest. They're all over the place. Yeah. And the, also the, that's also the pleasure of living in San Diego and having small spaces as, to, as opposed to a large area to spread out. But, you know, we take the good with the bad. More good yeah. You get, you get the good weather. I just, we have, we have acres now of land. It's, it's a little bit of culture shock for me. Cause it's like, I walked out of the house and I could hear gunshots and where <laughs> we currently live, that's a bad thing. <laughs> and I was like, what? I like my, like, you know, and I was like, wait a minute, I'm in the country. It's okay. Like, yeah. This is, this is a good thing, you know, like, you know, dirt bikes and, and also it just, it was so dark at night, like so, yeah. so dark. And I was like, kind of like freaked out a little bit and yeah, it was it was uh yeah so i would so that's what i get i get that wide open space but you got it, but it was cloudy and rainy and gar- is that why you left ohio like you were just like you know what get me to sunshine and get out of here get me to sunshine i also grew up in ohio i grew up in a really small very conservative um town and i i think i knew from a pretty young age that I didn't necessarily identify with all of their beliefs and I wanted a little bit more of like an open mind mm-hmm. environment. Yeah. Hard to find, <laughs> hard to find yeah. in small town. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good to the town. I will say that like I enjoyed the small neighborhood and everybody knew each other. So growing up, it was really nice. Cause I knew all of my friends, families and everything like that. But I think even when I was like early, high school I think I probably knew that as an adult I wanted a little bit of a bigger environment and some more opportunities mm-hmm. the town that I grew up in is is a pretty poor low income area mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, that that's and really you can't go wrong with San Diego it's like the best place you can't it's hard to beat yeah I'm gonna have to come out for a, a Padres game and uh, when the Pirates come out Exactly. No. We'll, we'll definitely take you up and take you down there and play around at the park and uh, go to the park at the park and yeah. have the kids run around. That's the nice part about the stadium. It's so kid friendly. They have like a playground right at center field, oh, right? It's amazing. Yeah. The whole grass area in the right center. Um, so there's a giant sand pit, there's slides, mm-hmm. swings. Um, oh, so we definitely have, we have to do that because we spend half of every pirate game at the playground, but yeah. the playground is tucked away and not, like integrated to the stadium so like i miss half the game like i just am not that fortunately they they're terrible so it doesn't matter (laughs) but uh yeah we'll have to to 95 percent of our time out at the park in the park but you you see in there and she has fun running around um so before we leave um we before we do a handoff for people uh what would you guys say what's one recommendation you would make to anybody that's new to the space just getting into it and maybe they you know are afraid to get in what would you say is the best advice you could give to a a newbie Hmm. it's a tough Uh, question because there's so many things you want to say i would sure i'll go first go for it i got maybe i kind of have two uh i would say the first thing would be to go into it with an open mind I think traditionally, you know, we think of money in a certain way because it's what we've been taught since we were, you know, as little as can be when we started earning allowances, some of us. Um, So to kind of put those early thoughts aside um, and go into it with open mind. And then I would also say to read the white paper, start pretty simple. Those are, those are good. And I was going to say one, it's not as scary or or complex as um, you probably think it is going into it. And if you want to just going back to the, how we create the game, make it as simple as possible. Um, ask yourself a couple of questions. One, does Bitcoin have a limited supply? Yes or no? Yes. Um, is that supply issuance getting more or less over the years? It's going down. So we have that going for us. And do you think the world's going to get more or less digital? 
assuming you think it's going to get more digital and you have something with a limited supply that's only going down, if we're just talking money and the, the growth of it, then what do you think is going to, I mean, that's a pretty simple analogy to go through. And then I think, you know, because most people come in for that, you know, money go up side of things, that's when they then can start seeing everything else going on, whether it's, you know, education or uh, movies and TV or the uh, benefits of a, a network that's open for anywhere in the world. Um, I think, I don't think most people are going to come in with those things in the back of their head. They're going to come in with, okay, how do I, how do I make money? Which is fine. I mean, I think that's human nature. Um, mm-hmm. But then once they understand those very basic things, um, if they want to kind of deep dive and go down farther, I think that's when they can start seeing everything else that's going on in the space um, outside of, you know, what the, uh, the typical media articles might portray going back for a number of years around what Bitcoin is and what it isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that FUD. We just have to steer around and duck and dive over. Um, so where do, where do people buy the game and the book? You know, where can they find you guys online? Uh, you know, give people a handoff where they can go. Sure. Uh, so the website is shamari.com, S-H-A-M-O-R-Y. So that's where you can buy the book or the game. Um, and that's not, that's not because of shamans, right? That's because of Sha 256, <laughs> right? Exactly. So it's a combination. Uh, so in Bitcoin mining, uh, Sha 256 is the algorithm that, that's used. So that's the S-H-A. And then Mori is the end of the game memory. So like I said, the game's played like that. So we just mashed the words together um, is where the name came from. But yeah, so we have the book with the game. And we also partnered with another awesome um, kids product in this case called Sats Ledger. Um, and so it's a nice kind of ledger device if you maybe are giving your kids um, allowance in Bitcoin or things like that. Um, so we uh, are able to resell their product through our website as well. So that's that's available. Um, grab all three. It's called our mega bundle. Um but that's the website. And then Twitter is where we're most active. Um, Play Shamari is the handle. Um, it's also on Instagram and Facebook if you guys are on those platforms. And then uh, myself, I'm Scott M. Sibley on Twitter. DMs open everywhere. Uh, website contact form. So you'll find us. Uh, Mallory's not on Twitter, so you can work to her through me. She's lucky. She's <laughs> lucky to not be on Twitter. <laughs> it's, a, it's a dangerous place out there. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And, you know, I, I look forward to seeing what you guys have coming and cooking in the future. Of course. No, thanks. Yes. For thank us. you so much for having us.